0: And the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show.
1: All right, you guys, introducing Hassan El-Tayeb from the Friends Committee on National Legislation. That's fcnl.org, a great anti-war activist organization, the Quaker Lobby, in the national interest, if you ask me. Uh, welcome back to the show, Hassan. How are you doing, sir?
2: I'm well. Thanks, Scott.
1: Uh, Good, good. Happy to have you here. Hey, man. So uh, we have so much to talk about in terms of, well, I'll just say real quick, we got a House and a Senate version now introduced in the Congress, the War Powers Resolution to try to end the war in Yemen or American support for it, of course. Um, But first of all, can you give us an update? I know there's a lot of news out of Yemen and uh, where things stand with the ceasefire and especially now with Biden having gone to kiss the ring of his Royal Highness Mohammed bin Salman, Crown Prince Bonesaw over there and the rest of this stuff, man. Take it away.
2: Thank you so much. So maybe I could just start off by uh, talking about the Yemen truce itself and then show how the war powers effort that Senator Sanders and Pramila Jayapal are and, and a whole bunch of others are doing. Is just such an important effort that will help bolster the truce and hopefully extend it. So, unfortunately, uh, it's there are real signs that this whole thing could fall apart and not get extended past the August second deadline. Uh, the Houthis have indicated that they won't accept an extension of the truce without significant improvements. Uh, they've really criticized that you know the blockade still in place. You know um, there have been you know obviously. Uh, you know, welcome things that have happened since. You know, there has been a you know a cessation of airstrikes and drone attacks. But again, uh, the parties are accusing each other of violating the agreement. Uh, uh, President Biden did go to Saudi Arabia. I think there were definitely some missed opportunities there. Um, you know, didn't really consult directly with the Houthis about extending the truce. So there was a missed opportunity there. Also. Uh, the head of Yemen's newly appointed presidential leadership council was not invited to the uh, U.S.-Saudi security discussions. And that just really goes to show, I think, the major power imbalance um, that's at play here. Uh, The U.S. invoked U.N. Security Council Resolution 2216 that we've talked about, which basically would, you know, anytime you hear that invoked, basically the Saudis saying that, they want the Houthis to immediately and unconditionally withdraw their forces. So again, these uh, folks aren't really—you know, they things are, are not going in the direction that we really need it to to actually resolve this crisis. That's why I think, you know, it's just so critical that the U.S. use our existing leverage. We can't unilaterally do everything, but we can make sure that the Saudis don't restart airstrikes, and that—and that's why uh, the Sanders effort is just so critical.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, so when Biden went to Saudi Arabia, obviously they talked about they're still working on, I guess, uh, this new kind of deeper alliance uh, along the lines of the Abraham Accords of Israel with the Arab states. And, of course, Biden was begging the Saudis to increase production of oil to try to drive the price down a little bit, this kind of thing. But do we know, is there much reporting about what they discussed about the war in Yemen at all?
2: Yeah, so great question. They did discuss it. Uh, the president, you know, thanked Mohammed bin Salman uh, and King Salman, the the heads of Saudi Arabia. They thanked them for their efforts to, you know, secure the truce agreement and the progress that's been made. Um, and you know, they want to. You know, they made a promise to keep working together. I think what is interesting in that is that it didn't seem like the president asked Saudi Arabia to do anything. There was no demand to, like, you know, fully open up the airport, fully open up the Red Sea port to fuel ships, make sure medicine can get in, uh, you, know, you know, basically saying that we're not prepared to uh, support a resumption of airstrikes. So th- I think those were some major missed opportunities. And, you know, again, points back to why, you know, Congress needs to step in here. Yeah. All right.
1: So um, talk a bit about, I guess, first of all, the effort in the House. It was introduced, this uh, War Powers Resolution, what, back at the very end of May, beginning of June? And so what's the progress there? How many co-sponsors? How much momentum? That Mm -hmm. kind
2: of thing. Yeah, we've got incredible momentum, Scott. And I think in large part because of this bipartisan coalition that we have, you know, led by folks like the the Libertarian Party, who's uh, doing so much work. Uh, But we've also got, you know, progressives, uh, uh, faith groups, activated veterans groups. Uh, You know, I I like to say that this is a coalition that spans, you know, Ilhan Omar and Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, you know, you know, you're on the right track when you're doing stuff like that. Uh, We've got 110 co-sponsors on the House side. Um, You know, you know, there's a whole, you know, a whole bunch of folks. Uh, I think we've got about 10 or uh, 11 Republicans on board, Uh, Biggs, Massey, Gates, a whole bunch of others Uh, on the Senate side. SJ Res 56 is the bill number over there that was introduced by uh, Sanders, Warren Leahy. We just added a whole bunch of other folks. Uh, Durbin, Wyden are both on Baldwin, Markey. Uh, and a bunch of others. Um, so we've got we've got a lot of work to do. And, you know, still hoping that we get Mike Lee and Rand Paul. They haven't added their names yet. There's indications that they're certainly supportive. But, uh, you know, so any, any uh, nudge there would be wonderful.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mike Lee has always been, you know, out front on this in the last two or three times that they tried this. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he?
2: Yeah. So I, I think... You know, if I can't speak for the office, Uh, I know that they're not on the bill yet. They, you know, they might have questions about, you know, the trip. Uh, But I will say that, you know, there have been conversations with that office, uh, both offices and, uh, you know, getting warm reception. But, you know, I think, you know, we just got to, you know, keep engaging because I I think ideologically they're, they're completely aligned.
1: Yeah. Well, I know that man has at least had a chance to read enough already because I handed it to him at Freedom Fest (laughs) back a year ago. So there's a good chapter on Yemen in there. Good enough to make you mad enough to want to support a bill like this, I'd think. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows Rand Paul. I'm going to try to say a little something and see if I can ask someone else to nudge a nudge further down the chain there for me and see if we can get a little bit because i got an idea it's pretty simple i'm not trying to take a lot of credit it would just be to have Rand paul and bernie sanders standing up there like you know uh, the referee holds up the boxing champs hand it's like yeah the champ and have them stand there and have them just say look everybody knows that we disagree about everything and Mr. as left as you can go in the Senate and Mr. supposedly very conservative Senator, whatever, however you want to frame it there uh, with uh, Rand Paul. But look, we agree about this because it's so damn important. Look at what's going on here. And we mm-hmm. have to put a stop to this and then we can go back to disagreeing about things that are less important than this most important thing. And the script writes itself, right? I mean, what's the problem?
2: Yeah, I love it. Um, so, yeah, we've got a lot of work to do. And I... I think, you know, I think it's a matter of when, not if. Personally, so you know, they just need to keep hearing uh, from people that care, and I think there's a lot of us out there. Yeah, I absolutely. will say I'm I'm really I'm really excited. Uh, you know, shifting a bit to the Democrats, mm-hmm. really excited that we've got a few notable folks on there. I mean, uh, Senator Durbin, he is basically the whip. Of Senate Democrats, and he is on the bill. I mean, that is huge. So mm-hmm. the top of Democratic leadership is on. We've also got Senator Gary Peters. He's a senior senator from Michigan. Uh, you know, he's not up for re-election, but you know, Michigan is a purple state. I mean, he's got a lot of conservatives in his district, and he's taking a stand on Yemen war powers and reasserting congressional war authority. Uh, he's, you know, uh, so I think that's another really important get. And I hope we just continue to expand it. I mean, we've just introduced this bill last week. So folks are probably just checking their inboxes now and, and reading about the bill. So messages this week and next are huge. Right.
1: Well listen, so has the White House said anything about this at all?
2: Um on the on the bill effort or Yemen?
1: Both. Yeah. What's their, well, first of all, yeah. What's their take on Yemen lately is the broader question, but what about this bill, this effort to pass this war powers resolution?
2: I mean, I think on the, on the war powers, I mean, no president has ever said we support Congress trying to reassert its war authority. So this is just a long trend of presidents not supporting, you know, I think if we pass this thing, when we pass this thing, let's, you know, speak a little bit with confidence here. Uh, I think we have a really good shot. Um, I I think Biden would be in a really tough bind to not sign it into law. I mean, part of what this bill, I think, it's worth explaining exactly what we're trying to stop. We're trying to st- stop uh, mid-air, mid-air fueling is already stopped, um, but we're trying to stop offensive intelligence sharing. Uh, you know, for the airstrikes, logistical support like spare parts, maintenance transfers that you know, putting the spare tires. Uh, on to these warplanes that are flying over Yemen doing these uh, operations Um, and, and, you know, any U.S. uh, military participation of any kind in these Saudi airstrikes. So part of it, we're just saying, you know, actually, Biden did a pretty good thing here by, uh, you know, caught, you know, ending, uh, you know, offensive intelligence sharing. And we're just trying to put some guardrails up to say no one can start that up again. We're codifying that into law. And we're taking one small step further, I think, um, that's going to have a huge impact, but stopping the DOD from being able to oversee spare parts and maintenance. And without that support, these planes could not fly and do these, uh, you know, uh, operations in Yemen.
0: Mm-hmm. Hang on just one second. Hey, y'all, the audiobook of my book Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism is finally done. Yes, of course, read by me. It's available at Audible, Amazon, Apple Books, and soon on Google Play and whatever other options there are out there. It's my history of America's war on terrorism from 1979 through today. Give it a listen and see if you agree. It's time to just come home. Enough already. Time to end the war on terrorism. The audiobook. Hey guys, I've had a lot of great webmasters over the years, but the team at ExpandDesigns.com have by far been the most competent and reliable. Harley Abbott and his team have made great sites for the show and the Institute, and they keep them running well, suggesting and making improvements all along. Make a deal with ExpandDesigns.com for your new business or news site. They will take care of you. Use the promo code Scott and save $500. That's ExpandDesigns.com. Hey guys, Scott Horton here for Listen and Think Libertarian Audiobooks. As you may know, the audiobook of my new book, Enough Already. Time to End the War on Terrorism is finally out. It's co-produced by our longtime friends at Listen and Think Libertarian Audiobooks. For many years now, Derek Sheriff over there at Listen and Think has offered lifetime subscriptions to anyone who donates $100 or more to The Scott Horton Show at scotthorton.org donate or to The Libertarian Institute at libertarianinstitute.org donate. And they've got a bunch of great titles, including Inside Syria by the late, great Reese Ehrlich. That's listenandthink.com.
1: And now, is it really right that they stopped all the intelligence and logistics and all that? Because I guess when they announced they were halting all these things at the beginning of 2021, uh, you know, that was taken as kind of a package deal. And then it was, I think, the end of May a year ago that uh, Admiral Kirby said, now, well, we're still, of course, giving them resupply and maintenance. Mm -hmm. But that was like two out of five things on the list. So it made me, I guess, assume that they hadn't canceled any of it. And that after all, they need American and British contractors to run all the air traffic control and the logistics and which bombs go under which wings and which pilots fly on which day and all of that kind of deal like that. The little princelings can't run that by themselves.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, all really fair points. You know we don't know the you know administrations have uh you know not told the truth in the past, so we have you know a lot of precedent yeah. uh, you're right happened. though
1: that it's important for the narrative that yeah, we just want to keep doing the right thing like we've been doing even better than before
2: yeah i mean <laughs> i think I think it would be huge a huge advance to actually you know permanently end. Uh, you know, offensive in, intel sharing, you know, and then every every piece of this, I'm telling you, <laughs> we've been doing this for years. Uh, they Every time we make an inch, they come back, you know, it's just been this tug of war, but we're making ground. I mean, you know, we ended mid-air refueling for Saudi warplanes. The Trump administration, folks might remember, actually said, well, one, we're not doing anything. Okay, we are doing mid-air refueling, but we're not actually launching the attacks. So this isn't the U.S. doing it. Congress said no and then they cut that mid era fueling off and just like that just like we got to have a consensus that that needed to stop we're trying to build a new consensus to basically like you know get the take the gains that we've made here under Biden which obviously not everything we want but there have been some it's worth noting and and that offensive intelligence sharing you know that's the, what they said, not what we said. They said that they cut it off and we're just saying we need to codify that and to one, make sure it's sure. actually happening and two, make sure it can never restart.
1: Yeah. I'm always pedantic at the wrong time. I'm with you, man. Uh, <laughs> no, let me ask no, you, I,
2: I, I got you, No, know, it's a good question though. I, I, I really, uh, you know, we, we don't really know. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. And I presume the worst fairly, I think. Um, and now, so tell me, uh, isn't it right that Mohammed bin Salman and his regime were signaling that they're trying to climb down and find a way out of this war that they clearly have not won and cannot win. And that is costing them more and more, not just in their expenditure in Yemen, but in terms of their targets getting hit inside Saudi inside UAE. And so is there a way that, you know, I've been telling people when they call their democratic congressman, They live in a Democratic district. Tell them, support the president on this. The president and the Saudis are trying to climb down and find a way out of this war. We need to help them do that by facing down the Republicans, by supporting this, because it's true that the leadership and the majority of the Republican Party are very bad on this issue um, Mm -hmm. because it's the dreaded Shiite enemy, of course. So it's not to discourage the good America firsters, who have their act together on this, but that's a way to frame it to the Democrats, right? Um, but yeah. isn't that true, right? That, like, actually, that snake, Mohammed bin Salman, does need a hand.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you're making really good points, Scott. And I think, you know, kind of we got to message it with, you know, who we're talking to and just be aware of what people care about. You know, Mike Lee, Rand Paul—they really care about this constitutional piece. Democrats really care about you know supporting the some you know supporting the administration. Everyone will tell you that they care about resolving the humanitarian crisis. So I think as we're trying to build momentum on this, uh, you know, we've got a big coalition with you know lots of different stakeholders that are coming to the table for different reasons, and you know, we got to just make sure we're. you know, staying true to our principles, but also making sure that, uh, we're addressing, you know, the needs of the different parts of the coalition.
1: Yeah. Um, and so talk about our coalition here, all the peace activist groups who've been working so hard on this, um, because, you know, um, obviously us libertarians have been trying our best to, you know, recruit phone callers for the effort. But there are a lot of people who have been working very hard on this issue for a very long time, up to and including this day and this current effort. So, um, can you you know, give us some ideas and that way, you know, some people who are worthy of our listeners support and and uh, people that they can contact and network with and the rest.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. I love this is my favorite part of our discussions. And I love how you always pivot it back to what we can actually do about this. And like like we were talking about before, we have this really large coalition of organizations and members of Congress. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't give the Libertarian Twitter page uh, a shout out. Uh, some of the most activity I've seen on Yemen is actually coming from y'all. So fantastic work! Just you know, I would so I would have people plug into to that campaign. Uh, FCNL.org is a good way to get plugged in. We've got advocacy teams all over the country working on this. The only ask that they are doing right now is to end the Yemen war uh, and reassert congressional war powers. So if you want to find a group near you, I mean, we've got folks in Utah, Kentucky. We've got folks you know, all over the West Coast, East Coast, literally every state in the country we've got a team. So um, that's a great way to get plugged in. Uh, love what concerned vets are doing. Common defense. These are great veterans organizations that are committed to anti-war. Uh, Yemen Relief and Reconstruction Foundation. They are doing incredible humanitarian aid work on the ground in Yemen. Uh, you know, if you just want to do a quick call, the easiest way to do that is one eight three three stop war. That'll connect you right with your rep and two senators. And I again one eight three three stop war.
1: So. That great uh, website, I was wondering if you could hook me up with those guys, because I've been working on my rap about, uh, you know, what to tell people to tell their Democratic congressman or what to tell people to tell their Republican congressman when they call in, in order to, you know, frame it in a way that's acceptable. And on that website, it's a great little website, but it only has sort of like uh, talking points, like you would say to some Democrats, maybe. And I was wondering if maybe you could connect me with those guys And then I could propose to them, here's some talking points, you know, that people could use for dealing with Democrats. And here's some that you could use for Republicans, including theirs that they already have. But uh, just some more things that I've tried to come up with. Because, look, man, just like with everything, Hassan, right? It's all social psychology. So what are my incentives among my people and my prices if I do this or if I do that? Everybody's going to love it or I'm going to get myself in a bunch of trouble. I'm going to be a Democrat taking on my president and making myself very unpopular with the leadership. Or I'm going to be doing the right thing to support his great effort to end this war. Or, you know what I mean? Just however it is. It's got to be framed in a way. If for the Republicans, this is a great way to embarrass Biden, to force him to end a war. Say, you know, we're the America firsters now, and the Democrats are unreliable. If it was up to them, we'd stay at war in the Middle East forever. And and frame it that way. November's coming up. People like it when you end wars. You know, I don't know, something. Be creative. I'm sure everybody listening here knows a better way than me to think about approaching it there. Um, but well, just think about who you're talking to and talk to them in a way that, They would say, yeah, you know what? In fact, here's a very important one for Republicans and Democrats, but especially for Republicans, is, hey, get it straight. Make sure you understand. This is not the war on terrorism against al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. No shit. Like, for real, this is a war for them against their worst enemies, the Houthis. And as Rand Paul said, if we won the war we're trying to win now, they could end up taking over the capital city the AQAP terrorists we started out fighting against in the first place. And that ain't no lie. You can look it up. That's really the reality. And that's the kind of thing that, um, you know, really opens people's eyes to this thing that they might've lost track, but we switched sides in the war back in 15 and it's pretty bad.
2: You know, I think those are great messaging tips. I, I really do. I mean, I mean, we have to think about who we're talking to we have to raise the urgency like like we were talking about before there's a lot of different stakeholders and different things are going to resonate with different folks so um scott i can connect you offline with uh, the folks at demand progress who run that number
1: cool and yeah it's and it's the website it's a great website and what a great idea 1833stopwar.com and then that yep. way they have you know a little something for you to say if you need some help and you know some instructions Make it easy for you to pass on to your friends as a link in the form of a phone number. There's a great idea there is to do it that way. And, and then you've got
2: great communication skills. I, I like what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Well, and then I'm sorry if, if you said this and I'm being redundant, but just so people know that you call that number and you just put in your zip code and the robot connects you to your congressman. So that's it. Yeah. You know, you don't well, have to well, like sit there and go through a rigmarole. This is when we say 833 stop war, that's a shortcut to your guy that you need to influence
2: yeah and i would just make one final point on that it gives you a prompt with some background but you can say what you need to say you know i think people sharing their stories like why this actually impacts them why they're concerned about war powers or the you know the war and, and humanitarian crisis in yemen and an ongoing u.s complicity so i think you know folks uh you know are also encouraged to get creative because there's a lot of smart people in this network yeah
1: And uh, by the way, um, I think we had talked before about some people were having trouble with the Senate side. They call their House member and then it tries to connect them to the Senate, but maybe there was like a little malfunction there or something. Do you know if that's straightened out, especially now that the Senate version has been introduced?
2: Yeah, I believe they straightened that out. Thanks for flagging it.
1: Great. And then so uh, also I'm interested in the reaction that you've got from the staffers, because I know on one of these um, conference calls on Zoom there, Someone said that the House staffers were saying, more calls, please. And I wonder whether you're getting much of Is it really a two-way response here? Do you hear much from them about how many calls they're getting, how much difference it makes?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it makes a huge difference when when constituents are reaching out. I think... You know, if members are going to stick their neck out and support, uh, you know, any any bill or piece of legislation, they want to know the people at home are going to support them. So, um, you know, and another good thing to do is just thank your members if they do the right thing. I think, you know, a little gratitude actually goes a long way.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I've had a few people on Twitter tell me that In fact, one guy showed me his response from his congressman was, you're damn right. And here's what I think about it. And it was really good. Uh, oh, you know, whatever his staffer had written there, whatever is pretty damn good. So uh, that's a good point too, that if your Congressman is good on this, let them know that you really appreciate it. Cause this matters to you. And that should be impressive. Cause I think everybody knows that TV doesn't talk about this. Yeah. So if people in the neighborhood care about this. It must be really important to them for other real reasons, you know? So that's great. And I'm sorry, yeah. I got to go. I'm late to my next thing, uh, which it. sucks. Thanks, Cause buddy. I wanted to ask you more stuff, but uh, thank you so much for all your great help on this uh, issue. And, Hopefully we'll have some real success soon.
2: You got it. Take care.
1: All right, you guys, that is Hassan el Tayeb. He is at the Friends Committee on National Legislation. That's fcnl.org, fcnl.org. The Scott Horton Show and Anti-War Radio can be
0: heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, APSradio.com, antiwar.com, scotthorton.org, and libertarianinstitute.org.